We welcome you back to the Christian Apostolic Center podcast with your show host here as always, Alex Spooner, and my co-host and comrade in the faith, Brother Matthew Bell. Bro, how about you tell our listeners what we have going on today? Well, today we got an exciting topic. We're going to be discussing taking ground. Taking ground. Stay tuned and listen in. We'd like to welcome all our listeners back to the CAC podcast. Here today we have a couple special guests. Obviously, pastor of CAC Brian Spooner is here with us again for what the third week in a row. I third think it week is. In a row. We're going to go ahead and, uh, if it's possible, we're going to go ahead and add uh, a new uh, title to uh, co-host number two. It's going to have to be Pastor Spooner. <laughs> pastor, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm glad to be back, man. You guys must <laughs> love the punishment. I guess I don't yeah. know. Well, you. I think you give our podcast validity. That's why we go ahead and have you. <laughs> Wow, that might, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's good or bad. Without taking too much time on Pastor here, we're gonna go ahead. We have another special guest, another minister here at CAC, Brother Chris Wright. Chris, how are you doing today? Fantastic. I was just walking out, taking getting some exercise, walking by the church. They invited me in, and here I am. So that's absolutely it. right. This is definitely just uh, kind of off the cuff sort of stuff here. So Hold him in off the street, <laughs> not at all. Um, we have a, a lot of topics we want to get to today. I have Brother Matt, our co-host, and I like to call him Comrade in the Faith. He's going to rein me in a little bit more than he normally does. He's going to help me ask some questions. Um, Brother Matt, why don't you go ahead and give the audience a little more in-depth view of where we're going today with the podcast. Well, luckily we got Brother Chris here. Uh, he's going to be talking about taking ground. So we're excited. And Brother Chris, based on what you kind of talked to us, why don't you just begin your opening introduction to okay. this topic and... And let's go from there. All right. Well, what I've been doing with uh, some newly found free time lately with this this event that's been happening to us is just uh, observing what's been going on. And I've been looking at, um, you know, and I don't want to get political or touchy with anyone today because this can be a touchy subject. You have some people that treat the space around themselves like they're prepping for surgery. And then others just seem totally callous and indifferent to the whole thing and every every range in between. So I don't want to get into any kind of depth right, on how right. we should respond. But some observations I've made specifically with the voices that we hear. Now that we're all connected online, we hear media figures, newscasters, every celebrity, athlete, anybody that you know can wants to have a voice in this thing. And observing some of the things that's been going on has brought me to a, a, a little question, a little revelation I had for myself, which was, you know, I looked at their motivation. We'll get into that in a second, but what's my motivation in this? So that's right. what the taking ground is. So what I found out with the, the three figures, the newscasters, their, their motivations are pretty obvious. They need sensationalism. They need you to go to their websites. They need money. They need clicks. And so that's pretty obvious. Politicians, same thing. They have an agenda. we got an upcoming election. Maybe we can affect the outcome of that. So... There's a lot of people screaming for attention right now with a certain objective in mind, and most of it has to do with taking ground. You know, they have either a financial or a fame objective or some sort of objective in mind, you know, that they're trying to achieve. And so the question for us is, what can we personally do to take ground? Right, right. And so you kind of just kind of hit an underlying thing, you know, it's, Without trying, again, as you said, to persuade opinion regarding the virus, um, you looked at how the media, political, famous figures – I mean there's been huge debates over you know uh, NBA players, how they have such 
uh, they have the ability to get testing. I mean, that's a whole other thing. Um, but really what we're here to talk about tonight, and I believe you're about to jump into that, is what's my part in all of this? What's the church's role? And not even maybe the church, but us individually. Pastor? Well, the first thing that has come to my mind uh, this week is that we have talked about how that the church is not the building. The church is, you know, not four walls and a roof, that we are the church. Right. Well, now we've preached it, we've talked about it, uh, we've put it in our, our file, but now we're being forced to live that out. Right. Because of circumstances, we are understanding what it really means to be the church without being the building. And we're finding out two things. It's a challenge. Right. It's a challenge that I don't know that we all thought, could understand what it, what it was, but we see it now. It's a challenge to be the church without the four walls. Now, that's still part because we gathered together. They gathered in the temples, and they went house to house. But now we're finding out what it really is to be the church uh, without the four walls, without being able to come together like that. And it's a challenge. It's a challenge. Absolutely, it is. And there's some things we can take advantage of, though, through this challenge. We have a lot of us that weren't maybe previously retired. Yeah, uh, if didn't you're have any time. Yeah, if you you're know, not, used to be my excuse. <laughs> I never had any time to do anything, and I've got lots of that now. Yeah, yeah well, if you're not in the healthcare field, uh, if you're not retired, I mean, you know, this is a totally new thing. Absolutely. So, what am I going to do? Can I take advantage of it, and can I keep my head straight, and you know, not just sit around all day and stay immersed in news and stay immersed in fear, because that's pretty much. To get the agenda that the media and the politicians and everybody wants, that's pretty much what they have to do. That's a guaranteed depression pill you're taking there. You know, sensationalism sells. If it, they say in the news business, if it bleeds, it leads. They have to keep you scared to, to get the click, to get them, get you to look at them, to get the eyeballs. So if I look at that all day long, I can get myself into a frenzy of fear. And I'd like to discuss that a little bit today too, personally we might all not end up being affected by this virus, the virus itself. But one thing that's probably going to touch us all is some sort of financial impact. And for a lot of people, they haven't ever been in a financially stressful situation. Um, this, this could be the first time for many. So we could talk a little bit about that. You know, when you look, everybody's been on social media lately, especially being locked up in their homes. You can definitely tell that people are being consumed with fear they're being consumed with being engulfed and in, in keeping up with the politicians and keeping up with the movie stars and keeping up with everybody else's comments like you just said and with that it seems like we ourselves can get so caught up in that that's all we think about all we talk about and you're exactly right that we could take advantage of this time so what should what should our part as the church as individuals why we're in this this period what should our part be, and how can we take advantage of a time like this? Well, for me personally, what I decided to do was I can easily step up my prayer time, and I can easily step up my Bible study time, and even fasting. Um, I had a really high-paced, high fast-paced, intense job, and for me, it used to be very difficult to fast because my sugar would drop, and I'd go in there half asleep, and it was just very tough to do. Now, not so much. I can I can take advantage of this thing in a lot of different ways and do some things I used to not be able to get to. Um, we, you know, we just had a few evenings a week that we called our free time, 
Um, now we've got a lot more of that. So I want to set for myself an agenda and make sure that I draw closer to God through this, you know, that there's some spiritual gains in my life through this event. And, you know, Pastor, obviously, is being the leader of a sheepfold um, and not being able to see them physically. Obviously, you're able to minister online, and we're thankful for those, uh, for all those um, you know, those technologies that are at our disposal. I seen a couple of memes on um, social media that my wife had sent me. It showed, you know, 2010 Facebook, you know, it is of the devil, said every preacher. And then now in 2020, it's the it's how we have service and how we're recording this now, Facebook Live, you know, another opportunity to have our podcast stream live. But pastor, you know, as the leader of a congregation, what are some advice, some tips for families, for parents, for, for children. I mean, just some, some guidance on, you know, obviously we've talked about prayer, we've talked about fasting, we've talked about studying, but maybe dive deep into those a little bit more and, and break down the practicalities, what that looks like in an everyday life that someone that someone doesn't have to go to work anymore. They, they're at home with their family all day. And, and, you know, Jenga and sorry, get old after a while. And even if you're spiritual, you know, after an hour, if you can make it in prayer, it's like, okay, we've got 23 left. So. Well, first of all, let me say what the enemy meant for evil uh, through this Facebook thing. God's going to turn it about for good. All right. So, uh, <laughs> whatever it was of the devil, the Lord is redeeming that specifically at this time. Um, but, uh, you know, we are finding we are finding how, at least in my even in even me, we find how disconnected we really were from the things which were actually the most important. Meaning, uh, we said it last week, this has been taken away. That's been taken away. Uh, they've taken away sports. They've taken away, uh, you know, entertainments and different things like that that no longer can be done. And we're finding out the thing they cannot take away. Family, mm. relationships. And uh, we're rediscovering the good old telephono. Um, and some of the practical things that we are looking at here is I am seeing the, 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 the focus of how important it is to be connected. And the first couple of weeks, okay, you know, we can go on vacation for a couple of weeks and, yeah. not, and be unplugged and be just fine. Get a cheap flight ticket anywhere. But we are starting to come into a spot where we're not fine when we're not connected to our brothers and sisters. And the core part of the church is going to stay there. You know, that core people, we could be gone for eight months and have the opportunity to come back. We're there. Right. But what about those people that their only connection is Sunday? Mm. Um, we're learning the importance of staying connected to people like that. They need that. Whether you FaceTime them or they FaceTime you, we're learning the importance of staying connected to our brother and our sister. If even for them to get on the internet, on the, the private Facebook page and say, hey, how you doing? Just wanted to say hello to everybody. Let everybody know we're doing just fine. We're doing great. You post it and off you go. It's like shaking hands up in the vestibule. And uh, that's one of the practical ways that I am seeing today, staying connected, talking to people, being spending time with our family, which we're forced to do. But now we're going to start moving outside of that. Right. To moving into where we're talking to other people and connecting with people over the phone. I wonder how so-and-so is doing and you give them a call or or you post something on the on the Facebook page to stay connected. Pastor, I remember only about six weeks ago you got so fired up about discipling one another that you even passionately said, I don't care if we skip church. And that was just a weird thing to say. And here we are now. There's, we're, we're all skipping church in the traditional way. Well, um, that's 
I think you were being led to and then how are, to that. And then how are we going to disciple? How can we disciple with what we're doing here? You see, uh, we, we, we're in a time where we can't come be here, but now we're having to employ different things to still disciple. We still have to stay connected to the people that we're discipling, you know, and of course online and through those things is how we can do that. And still, you know, you can, you can do uh, FaceTime Bible studies. You know, we've got a Zoom app that the church is starting to use that we're going to implement even more uh, starting tomorrow evening to where you can do a Bible study over that Zoom app. You can do Bible studies. You can send all so many other things that you can do online so you're still staying connected. So, yeah, uh, we're not in church, exactly. but, are we, but are we taking ground? Yeah, that's, that's Are we, are we yeah, taking the ground the that we can in this season, or are we just biding it out until things can be back to normal? Exactly. That, that's my, uh, the, the thought that came to me is don't be passive and just let this time go by and wait it out, but make it somewhere I look back and say, man, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I, I'm glad I took advantage of that. You know, we hear the vo- uh, verse quoted about, you know, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. The, the key in the middle of that verse, it says, exhorting one another as you see the day approaching. And I think that's a real focus. Assembling together, there's nothing magical or nothing spiritual about a crowd. You can put a crowd together for any number of reasons. It's the, it's the exhorting of one another that I think is the impetus of that verse. And that's what we can do when we're using the, the digital medias that are available to us. We can still exhort one another and encourage each other as we see it the day approaching. And I don't know about you, but I see it approaching. Well, you know, I yeah. believe it hits another topic that, Brother Matt, you said, I believe last week on our podcast, you said, after all of this is done, we're not going to be able to go back to being the same. No, I definitely agree with that today. I, I do I do want to ask one question in regards to you. We talked about with people. There's a lot of people that are shut in right now. A lot of elderlies that are shut in. A lot of people that are Sunday is their only time to gather. I just want to ask you, gentlemen, to those people that they're 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 struggling with loneliness right now. They're struggling with depression right now. How would you minister to that person if they could hear you today? How could you try to get them out of that place of loneliness and depression? What could they do for themselves? As us, we know we should reach out for them. Those who are capable, we should do as much as we can to touch base with them. But how can they help themselves in that time of need? Well, I think first and foremost, if you're new to the concept or the feeling, I should say, of being lonely, what you first need to understand is you're not alone. You you need to make God your best and closest friend and and figure out how to do that. Once you get that solved, you realize, I'm okay. I, I got my arms around him and my daddy's got his arms around me. I'm never alone. Um, as far as with each other, yeah, we can take time through many digital means. You know, I think I'm, I'm maybe a little old-fashioned with this. To me, I want to speak to you on the phone and hear you. A, a text, I can do that, but it just doesn't get it for me. And, you know, and, and power to you if that works for you. But I like to talk to people. I like to hear their voice, hear them laugh. I can tell what kind of mood they're in. There's a lot of nuance that I don't get in a text. So I like to just get on the phone and talk to people. Well, I, I think the underlying question that Brother Matt is asking, is it possible then, and I, I believe, you know, we, we believe it is, but is it possible that this virus and the event that we are going through, this pandemic as it is, um, could this cause us to lose spiritual ground? Because I know we're talking about the importance of gaining it, but I don't know if there's a neutral 
I don't know if there's a on the fence post if I could say that. Is it possible for us to lose spiritual ground in this time? Absolutely. One of the one of the first ways I think of of losing ground, losing spiritual ground, would be to swim in a lake of fear, to let your heart be over overcome with fear. Like I said earlier, there's a lot of people that are maybe going to experience financial challenges and just all sorts of problems that arise when a, when an economy totally shuts down and we can let the fear grip us and we need to we need to have some real ways to overcome that. Um, I happen to had little experience in this yeah, de- yeah. <laughs> department here. I remember a time when I was uh, I had a business and everything shut down in 2008, you know, the whole economy collapsed when the um, housing market failed and I had two young boys and a wife and my biggest fear was Oh my! I'm going to lose my house. I'm going to lose my house. And uh, guess what happened? Oh, I lost my house. <laughs> and I made it through it, though. I learned some valuable lessons in that time. That that really, when I look back now, they're the deepest roots of whatever I am spiritually. They're the thing that hold me through through anything else coming up. I get to look back and say, "No, I know about this. I know my daddy's going to take care of me." Right. <clears throat> So going through that experience, if someone might be fearing that right now, just words of encouragement, what would you say to that person that was in your, that was when you were in that spot in 2008, what would you say to encourage them? Well, there were some specific things that, that, um, I had to get a hold of some certain ideas or concepts. One was after quite some time of trying to spiritually persevere in my faith, you know, like I was flexing a muscle or something. I remember telling my wife one day, I'm tired of trying to have faith. I'm just so sick of this trial. I want it to end. It's been going on for years, <laughs> you know, living a week at a time. And um, it, it kind of culminated once I was in a, uh, my office at the time and most people around me didn't know where I, what I was going through, but I was broke. And I was thinking, God, I'm not even going to eat today if you don't do something. And I kind of had my head down on my desk, and all of a sudden, thump, and I look up, and it's a Burger King bag, and this guy that didn't even like me went by and said, two for one today, you can have that. And the thing that hit me was, God said, lift up your head, my kids always eat. And he took care of me day after day. Uh, and did something I, I called it the manna plan. He fed me one day at a time. <laughs> and I, I had to live on that plan for quite some time, but I look back now, you can't tell me he can't take care of me. And, and it's the same for all of us. You know, I look, I look at things like we're going through right now, like when people are just worried about tomorrow and they're worried about the situations they're going through. When you look back at the scripture and you look back at all the situations that Israel went through, Noah went through, even the disciples went through, they were always in a place where tomorrow was uncertain, but they walked in confidence for today. Like you mm-hmm. mentioned the manna from heaven. Or when I look at Noah, Noah was stuck in an ark, secluded with his family and smelly, smelly animals for 40 days and 40 nights. But in the end result, they came out better than when when they went in. And so, Pastor, I want to ask you a question in regards to what do you see when all this is over, the pandemic's over, and there's a sense of normality that comes back to everyone? What do, would you like to see that the church gain? out of this trial, out of this pandemic that, that we're all secluded, what would you like to see gained when everything gets back to a normality? The understanding that the body of Christ is not one member, but many. 
And it's not one pastor, it's not one particular ministry, but this requires the work of the entire body. You know, it's easy when you are going downstream, you only need one person can steer. You know, one person can just sit there and, 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 and work it. But when you get ready to go upstream or you're battling against things, it takes everybody in that in that canoe to grab a paddle. Mm-hmm. And um, what I, I think will happen through this, it, it's difficult to know exactly what we will learn until we've come through it. I just know God does not test us unnecessarily. Um, I just, I, I feel that we will all understand that this is a body issue, that we are not one member but many, and that when one one thing is suffering, we all suffer. Uh, when one area is taken away, we've we've got to improvise and adapt and do what it takes as a body to pull and do what we can do as a body to minister to one another. The bottom line is, Chris and and you and others at home, you're you are ministering to people now in this time that pastors not ministering to. Right. They may come on a Sunday and hear pastor, and I may be able to do some things, but right now is the time when we're learning the power of our own ministry and multiple voices. Of you're not only that you're alone. Not only are you not alone because God is with you. You're not alone because everyone is going through this. Right. Everyone is affected by this. We are in this together. And I think what we are learning is we are learning the importance of acting as a body right. and operating as a body and knowing, do you need permission right now for the pastor to 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 go and minister to somebody in this time that needs groceries or that needs, no. Yeah. We're learning, we're learning our roles. We're learning these things that we can reach out and we can exhort one another so much the more as we see the day approaching. That's what I see. I see us coming together. It's a challenge. Is there a chance we lose ground? There's a chance we could lose some ground. Absolutely. With trials, sometimes there's failures. But I'm also seeing that God will show us those things, show us our where we are and, and will pick us up. We'll pick one another up, and we will come out of this as gold that's tried in the fire. Absolutely. If you find yourself broken through this, well, being broken can be a good thing. Absolutely. Uh, let go of it. Let let God take care of you. He's my daddy. He's got to take care of me. And so I can submit. You know, when I, when I think I have something I can do, I still feel a little bit in control, and that's the nature of a man is we want to control things and lean on our own understanding. But when we get to a place where I don't get it anymore, and I got to throw in the towel. I think that's a powerful place to be spiritually. Um, there, there's power in that because now I can submit to Him with everything that I am. And there's great power in submission. And rock, rock bottom is a was one person said rock bottom is a good foundation upon which to build. Absolutely. <laughs> and sometimes we go to we hit rock bottom with some situations, but that is a good foundation upon which to build as well. Absolutely. And it's, you know, the, the, the greater question on a lot of people's minds is about gaining ground. Brother Chris, you had mentioned earlier that, you know, there are a lot of people gaining ground, um, you know, whether it be political, whether it be the media, whether it be famous figures, um, and it, you know, even the government. And obviously not to – we won't get too political or take a specific stance on this, but just to kind of – for conversation and healthy thought, you know, we they have people that we're connected with uh, in a oneness movement, oneness organization – um, that are definitely going through a bit more of a trial than maybe we are here at CAC. Um, you know, it, the church's stance on a lot of this seems to be in a gray area. 
you know, obviously, Brother Chris, you're not a pastor, and we do have pastor here, but I'm sure there's going to be unity in this answer just as a body of Christ moving forward with the decisions that are going um, in the government, you know, our hands seem to be kind of tied as far as moving forward in meeting together. We do our best online, but the future does seem to be a little bit uncertain. Yes, absolutely. And being just that I'm the guy walking by on the street, I can give my opinion <laughs> and can't get in any trouble. But um, yeah, I've, I've got some strong opinions. Um, I've got a calculator and I look at the math and, and see what's going on with this thing. And I definitely, if you pulled me in the, pulled me aside, I'd tell you what I really think about it. But um, it, it's going to have an impact on all of us. And I'm not sure if I know what your question is. <laughs> well, I think I think it was loaded. I think it was a loaded. It was teeing me up to it's say a, it's some. a loaded. It was dud. a loaded question. It's so a loaded. To get dud. me in trouble, I understand. That. So uh, it's I, a loaded. I guess dud. from that standpoint, that would you know, I guess it would fall into my lap uh, as to you know, you're talking about. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you're referencing some of the uh, tribulations coming from pastors that are being arrested and things along that line for still having services. And I, stuff I, I like just that. know that's got to have some of our saints. They're looking at that. They're yes. thinking about that. Yes. And obviously, no, we don't want to see our pastor in the back of a police vehicle, uh, <laughs> and nor do we expect that. But also, you know, we do see it going on other places. Well, as a body, we might need to take a stand. We might need to decide where we're we're going to be, depending on what type of, you know, we we're not familiar as Americans with anything any, anywhere close to persecution, but we might be on the edge of things like that starting to happen where it's no longer acceptable to meet, and then we have to make a decision what we're going to do. I think there's a short window. As I said, there's a, there's a Zoom window, and then there's a large picture. And right now, we're in the Zoom window. And in that Zoom window, in that, sh- in that short picture, in that short term, we need to do, uh, you know, the civil authorities, Paul made clear, uh, are ordained of God. Mm. He said that the powers that be are ordained of God and that we ought to show diligence, show them honor. And in doing so, we're doing right when we do that. And so um, in this situation, you many pastors are, are choosing to do how they do it. Some are doing it differently. Some are continuing to meet. Um, I leave those decisions up to that local shepherd. I have no authority to override him any more than he does me as the local body. From our standpoint, we want to do what we can do uh, right now to help with this situation. And right now, we can still preach the word. We can still connect. We can still reach out to one another. We can still disciple. We can still preach Acts 2.38. We just, it's just a different platform. As long as our mission is not interrupted, and being told we can no longer do the mission of Christ, then our methods may have to change from one to the other. Uh, people in, in countries where it's illegal to preach the gospel, uh, they would say because they're underground, someone would say, well, they don't have faith. Well, no, of course not. Uh, they're, doing, they're, they're doing what they can do right. uh, to, to preach the gospel uh, for as long as they can. And so we're, our methods have changed. But I don't. I think we have to be really careful of saying, "Oh, someone shouldn't be doing this, or someone should be doing that." As a pastor, as I said, as a pastor, it's a really a no-win situation because any decision that you make, someone may go, oh, "I wish we would have did that. I wish we could have did this. I wish we could have did that." Um, but right now, there's so much uncertainty that right now we should just we we we're taking a course of action, which is using wisdom. 
but is not stopping the mission of the church. And I think that's I think that's the thing we should focus on at this particular point. If it ever attacks us in a way that our mission has to stop, then we we come to the place where listen, we've got to obey God rather than man. But that's not that doesn't fall into where we are right now. I I, I don't think I don't think it falls into that. You know, I I think all of us could agree. None of us envy being a pastor right now because of the hard decisions Absolutely you all have to make. Not. And like you said, some pastors are having service. They feel like they there it's an essential thing in their community, mm-hmm. and and some are not because they want to be they want to make sure they're being part of the solution and not the problem. But either or, I don't I I think that the church we've got to be careful what we say on Facebook, what we put down, and what mm-hmm. we lift up, and, and bashing one another. And I I know we we're not going to get deep into that, but. I know from a pastor's perspective, I, you know, I, I don't, or from your perspective, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes, especially with today's society. If everybody's a free for all, uh, I get to say what I want when I want. And you, mm-hmm. you mentioned it, uh, brother Chris, in the beginning that there's so many voices right now. We got the news media, we got politicians, we got actors everywhere that think they know everything about anything. Dolly they, Parton weighed in on this the other day. So <laughs> everyone's trying to be relevant. Everybody's trying to be relevant to get either fame, money, to get the clicks, to get the likes on Facebook. And obviously there's also people in the church that are trying to do that. But what I wanna what I wanna ask you is what do we do as the body with all these voices coming in? How can how can we Key stay informed, but not be consumed. How do we handle all this? All the voices that are coming in right That's now. That's a great question. Um, one of the things I've done, I, I limit how much I swim in the news and, and immerse myself in this. There's something about the nature of people. Some sometimes it can be fun if you're the first one to say, "Hey, did you hear right. the latest and greatest right. or whatever?" But the voice I want to hear is God's, and I need to spend time with Him. And another point with all of this is. In regards to pastor and other spiritual leaders, um, I know it's easy to tell people what to pray for, but I've, I've always felt, even for years, to pray that as we approach closer and closer to end times, that those that are spiritual leaders in our world, our pastors and our, our ministers, would hear your voice, God, and, and know what the call is, whatever the call has to be. Because I knew something in me said it was going to be complex. You know, As times change, they have to see and hear from God and know what course to take. You know, they're the shepherds. And so if you're not, I would suggest very strongly that you make it a, a, a part of almost every day to be praying for a pastor to hear from God. You know, that's really good. That's encouraging. You know, I was on a, I call him a prayer run. I was, I was jogging through our neighborhood and I was praying and I, I found myself um, overwhelmed because you just, you want to, I want to pray about these situations. And we have, you know, Brother Caulfield, we're praying for him. And I, I found myself being able to pray specifically for him, felt burdened. But then I think of, man, how many people are affected by this? How this thing is, has hit our world, our entire world, not just our city, state. You know, Michigan, I believe, is number four on, uh, you know, cases uh, in in the America right now. I mean, obviously, we're in a place where a lot of cases are being, are popping up. You know, what are specifics in prayer? What are some things that you can kind of help? Obviously, CAC that's watching live right now, but those that are also listening, you know, all over the U.S. And we have people, you know, in the world that take a listen to this. You know, what are some focused prayers that they can zone in on a time in in a day where you could, I mean, you could pray all day literally and not hit everything that needs to be fought spiritually? 
Are you guys going to hear him? <laughs> Whoever wants to answer. <laughs> well, I think one of them is, uh, you know, God, let, let me get to a place where I can let your word have authority in my life. Um, I, I just can't tell you the importance of some of the scriptures that God gave to me personally when I was going through my toughest li- uh, times in life over the years. Um, some verses that just became my anchors. Do you want to know what a few yeah, of them? Yeah, I mean, please, yeah. I was hoping you were going to quote them. Well, actually, I'm not going to <laughs> because that would defeat the purpose of the whole process. They were verses God gave me when I was in the Bible and I was in my time of pain, <clears throat> and I think you need to do that for yourself. Anyone can pre- we've, we've heard the best preaching through apostolic preachers over the years that anyone could could bring that to you, but I think the the best verses and the best lessons I've gotten <clears throat> during those times were when I had to dig it out for myself. And I think that's the real lesson is get in that Bible, read it, pray, and God will give you some stuff to hold on to that will be your anchor. You know, Pastor, you, you talked about not too long ago, and we mentioned this before, you said whatever you put in front of God, God's going to take or come after that. He's coming after that. He's going to put it hand on it because he loves you because he cares about you and it looks like right now in the position that almost all of the churches in in america not only in america but in the world voices have been totally taken away the voices of career the voices of college the voices of of education uh, the voices all around us entertainment is taken away shopping's taken away even our money many people their money's been taken away (laughs) All these voices have been taken away, and what I've noticed, it's very easy to trade one voice for another voice and it not be God's. And if we, when, when our time is, is now open, what are we giving our time to? Right. Because we, we don't have, you know, we obviously have things at home to do, but we should all ask ourselves, am I praying more in this time, or is it just as much as when I was working full-time? Am I seeking the Lord in the Word more, as Brother Chris, you were talking about? Is is the Scripture becoming more real to me and more consistent to me? And so I, I kind of want to ask you, Pastor, from right now, from where we are, how can we, and Brother Chris, please add on to add on to this as well, how can we take advantage, as we were talking about, take ground and really begin to hear the voice of the Lord? When all these other voices have been taken away, how can we take ground and begin to learn how to hear God's voice again? Well, there's, I, I can see a challenge in, in those multiple voices when you're locked up in your home. Uh, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, uh, uh, cable wasn't renewed. I'm hoping <laughs> that, uh, you, know, um, you know, binge watching of certain, you know, of, of a bunch of uh, uh, TV series and things like that because that's easy to do. You know, I sit down, I do, I can just kind of get into my element and kind of relax. Um, me personally, I've had to be intentional. Uh, you have to be intentional with your time. If you're not intentional, when, when you have a job and you're going to work every day, you know those hours are pretty much spoken for. When the children are going to school, those those hours are spoken for. Well, now we, we're not understanding now those hours are not spoken for. So what's filling them? If we're not intentional, if we don't become intentional, then we're just going to kind of get whatever happens throughout the day. Right. Yeah. We have to intentionally 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about it on Monday night. Discipline with desire. Yes, yeah. There's got to be a desire, but there's got to be a discipline. I can desire to want to take ground, but then there needs to be a discipline work with that for me to do that. One thing I have done is I have I have even I've ramped up some of my reading. I've ramped up my reading, um, not only in scripture. I've ramped up my my meditation, not just in prayer, but sitting and quietly um, meditating uh, about certain things and taking some time. Um, but reading and uh, getting different uh, resources and reading and, 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 and getting my mind stayed focused on a balance, if you will. If you're not careful, you're going to get out of balance. And uh, we have to stay in, stay in balance. The news, news media, you hear a little bit. You hear so many deaths, this negativity. Well, there's a balance somewhere on the other side of it, too, if you can find those things. So from that standpoint, I, I'm intentional. We, we should be intentional. And I know, I'm, I know that's a rep- repetitive word and it's stuff that we've talked about, but it, that's really the foundation and the basics of it is, in, is intentional with our time. We have to decide, be intentional with what we're going to do with our time. Devotions with our family, spending a little time there, reconnecting um, in areas that you've disconnected with, with, your, with, your, with your family. Right. So I've heard a so lot forth. of people say over the years, uh, I don't know how to read my Bible. I don't know how to study the Bible. They know how to read it, but right. they study it. And it occurred to me the other day, hey, I've got some time. I'm going to put a little lesson together and shoot a little video, and I'll upload it to the website on how to study the Bible, some three simple ways to do it. And I've got that in progress. Mm-hmm. There's um, something you can do and you're helping. Now you're helping people and you've, you've reached out and done that and boom, and there it is. And, and now somebody's going to glean from that. Yeah. And I think back to Matt's question about, you know, the voices and all that, I think proximity matters. Who, who am I closest to who is who I'm going to listen to the most. And, you know, when I'm looking for, for example, I'm looking for strength. Well, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. Well, how do I get that joy? Well, it's in his presence is fullness of joy. I need to get next to God. I need to get closer to God than I've ever been. And within that, I'll have lack of fear. I'll have more joy, more strength, and I'll have the desire to, to read that word and study his word and do the, the basic disciplines. I'm, years ago for a class, I, I had a couple brothers come in a door when I had the, the students in the classroom and hold up a sheet and... I had someone come in behind it and wave their hand real quick. So everyone knew somebody was behind the sheet, but they didn't know who it was. And I said, I want every one of you to stand up and tell the person behind the sheet that you love them and make it sincere. Most of them couldn't do it. They giggled, laughed, they tried. It was, they said, we can't do it. And I said, well, and I had the person leave. I said, well, why couldn't you tell that person you loved them? They said, well, we didn't know who they were, anything about them, what their name was, on and on. I said, now if that person is God, how would you get to know him? And how would you do all these things? Well, the, the answer of the students was, I need to pray, read the Bible, have experiences with God. Right. You know, they told me all the things that we say all the time, because that is the pathway to getting to know him. And that's, at the end of the day, we stand before him in judgment. We'll be accountable for what we do in this time. Right. It's all about how are you spending your time? You, you, you only know someone to the level you're giving time to them. You know, if I don't give any time to my wife, I'm not going to know my wife that well. But if I spend right. time with her, if I spend, you know, when there's people, you're probably dating somebody right now. You you want to spend time with them. <laughs> and spending time, you get to learn a whole lot more than just their name. That's about right. Them. You get to learn how they act. You get to learn how they talk. And you get to learn how, the, how they want you to talk to them. And so, Pastor, I was going to ask you, you know, with people, they want to start living intentional. And living intentionally... You have to have goals. You have to have something that you aspire to. 
in order to live consistently intentionally. And so with goals, can you can you kind of maybe just put some goals out there that maybe can, people can implement into their life to be more intentional daily of, of what they should do, maybe things, suggestions of what they should lay out, how they go about doing it, just something a little more practical for the people out there listening. I have found that set times uh, help me, you know, a schedule, a structure, um, a, a set time. And most of us are creatures of habit. And um, if you can develop a schedule or a routine, it be it helps you with um, your structure and your you know the cohesiveness that you have in in every day. I find that a set time works. If I'm starting with this, number one, uh, God, I, I I I talk to the Lord and say I need I need some help with this, Lord. I need some help. I need I'm going to start tomorrow with setting up some time. If I don't have to go to work, or if my schedule changes, um, if my if my if you're still working and your schedule is the same, then you have days off when you're not. Then how do you intentionally fill those? Um, two things. I am looking to do two things right now: connect with God first, and secondly, connect with people, my family. Mm-hmm. You know, connecting with family, and right now it's been a trying time for me and my family. Because it seems every day there's a new decision, there's a new thing. This thing's so fluid that if you don't stay on top of it or stay ahead of it, you could get into some. You could get you could get behind the eight ball, so to speak. Um, but spending time with my my family and connecting with people in the church, if just simple, just a simple phone call, I'm taking time to connect with God and connect with people. And I think by doing those two things, that's where the relationship. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. Connecting with God and connecting with people. If you do those two intentional things, uh, as you connect with God, you'll connect with people. And as you're connecting with people, you'll be connecting them to, with, to, to the Lord and vice versa with one another. And so really, at this time, you can only watch so much of this. You can only play so many board games. You can only pray so long. You can only study so long. You can really only do that for so long. So I connect with God and try to connect with people. Well, you know, in in really it's... We are essential. I know that word's been thrown around a lot, um, and the things we're talking about is essential to our spiritual health and our spiritual well-being. And in each member, I mean, there's many verses that we could quote that just talk about the importance of each member of the body. We are essential. People listening to this, born-again believers, you are essential to the health of the body of Christ. Um, can, I, can I interrupt and ask a question? I, I know you guys have been asking, but what are you doing? You know what are what are what's what's well, you know what's Alex what's what's Brother Bell doing? We're and, recording this podcast even, right now. <laughs> and even if and even if, um, if people who are online who are who are watching you know uh, are live streaming, you know what are some of the things you're doing? And throw it in the comments. What yeah, are some absolutely. Of the Anybody that's live right now yeah, watching what are some us, of the things you're please doing? comment. You know, instead of just listening, what are you doing? Throw some things in the comments. This is how I've changed. I I'm in a Bible reading program with some friends, or you know, I, my my family prays together now. When before we didn't, now we're spending some time. But what are some of the things that are changing in your life? What are what are you doing differently? Maybe just a, a step or two. I know I'm on the spot with a lot of it, but really, it's it's a whole body thing. You know what are yeah, what are each of you? Well, I, you know doing? I'm going to go ahead. I uh, I fortunately and, and 
thanks be to God, I'm still working my normal regular hours, so not a lot has changed for me. I'm going to go and defer to my brother here, Brother Reverend Matthew Ben. No, I'll, I'll answer that for Brother it, Alex. He, it looks he, like the shoe's on the other foot here. Yeah, see, we, we, you know, yeah. I'll answer, this, is why it, this is why it pays to be... Hot seats. <laughs> This is why you, it pays to be the hosts of the podcast and not the guests. You stop and, doesn't pay. You stop, and say, you stop and say, hey, I'm asking the questions. Hey, we're yeah, asking I, the questions. Well, right I'll here. answer for Brother Alex. He, he prays when he goes jogging around his neighborhood, like you said. Prayer jogs. Prayer you know, that is, I'll be honest with you, you know, it's something, um, you know, at my job I do, I work at a bank and, again, you know, to we have the term essential. We've been given a letter that, you know, if we were to get stopped by any authority that I have, I can give them this official letter, uh, excuse me, letter um, in Huntington has signed it by our um, human resources director that I am allowed to be out and about. Um, but there are still things that we're doing differently. Like today, I didn't work today. Um, you know, they're only going to three-day shifts now a week. And so I found myself today with all of this time. Um, and I will say this. Brother Sleva at IBC said something profound one time. He said, the enemy of productivity, the enemy of great is is not bad. The enemy of great is good. I have a plate of 24 hours, and I can put all kinds of things on that plate, and, and a lot of them could be great. Some of them could be good. Some of them, The main thing is to look at my plate, look at my time. What is on there that doesn't have to be on there? I was, I was running around today, and I knew I had this podcast today. I knew I had to get things set up. I knew that I wanted to do some kind of workout to try and stay in shape. Me and my brother here, we're not able to go to the gym anymore, and so I would hate to see what you know our progress or, or excuse me, our regress has been if so we ever not, get you're that. You're not gaining any ground here. You're not I'm taking not, any ground. Not gaining well, he's much. Gaining <laughs> he's gaining. Yeah, I'm gaining in the wrong way. Well, you know, and I'm looking at that. I'm you know my wife's gonna be at work. I, I'm looking at the house, man. I just how how happy she would be to do all the dishes for her, to clean up the house. You know, we had a puppet show we had to record today, and I'm start. And all of a sudden, even though my point is, even though that I seemingly have all this time, I don't have to work immediately. I am looking at all of these things that just eat up time and I'm back to seemingly square one where God's getting the last of my day. So for me personally, God has to get the firsts of my day. I, I wake up, I go on a prayer job because it wakes me up and I'm able to talk to the Lord. Now, thankfully, that's not the only time I'm able to talk to the Lord because if it was, it'd be a whole lot of out of breath prayers. And I, I sent a video to my wife earlier and it was kind of funny about trying to pray while you're running. It's, it's incredibly hard. Uh, it, please try it. But, you know, I'm trying to look at my day and I'm trying not to allow all the things that, oh, now I can get this done, this done, this done, take the spiritual time that I can spend with God because, you know what, they're, they're a honeydew list and now this is not and this is not a shot at honeydew list. I think that's a good time to get some things done, so please don't take me wrong. But don't just pretty much replace your full-time job with just a full-time stuff. That's good. That you're not able to now gain the spiritual ground in your home that you could be um, because now you're going to catch up on all the things that you've been behind on for the last several months. Through my sales job, I met countless retirees over the years that said, they are, I am now busier than I ever was <laughs> when I worked. And it can be real easy. And so it's back to your point. Be intentional. Make decisions of what you're going to do with your life and your minutes that you have. I got, a re- I got some that came in. Uh, one uh, sister said that she is. Uh, uh, she's, this is dear to my heart because I love this as well. Uh, been working on a puzzle while listening to old CDs of Brother Miller. 
preaching and teaching. All oh, right, wow. Brother Miller, local so, teacher yeah, here at so CAC. There's some things coming in right there, and I love the puzzles, man. Especially on Christmas time, I clear off the table and bring out <laughs> my puzzles, and I love it. I it's, it, it sets my mind. It kind of helps me to. I, that's something that's dear to my heart. So, uh, you know, seeing this, people have talked about uh, been watching uh, more more church uh, online, been listening to music music and visiting more with my family. Uh, someone just came in and said reading my Bible. Uh, more and been contacting people and right. reaching out to people that's mm-hmm. things that we've talked that. about today yeah and a lot of these things are, na- are natural and um you know that's that's you're really holding good... that phone out there brother any farther we're gonna get <laughs> well, you see glasses. because it's the evil days the evil <laughs> yeah. days if i hold it here i can't see it i gotta your put it out here it's got to get longer you know right? listen do we want to start uncovering some of your problems brother? <laughs> oh, we... oh my oh, well this is clearly you're getting, getting out of now we're now we're out of hand it's on. We love it. We love it. You know, when I when I look at just the people on this at this stage right now, we got people in almost every different different aspect of life. Pastor, your kids yep. are out of the house. Yep. Brother Chris, you oh, have teenagers. You have room. teenagers. Yeah. Brother Alex, you have a baby on the way, but yes, you still don't have no kids, so no you don't kids, understand. Thank the Lord. And then with me, I have a two year old, and we just had our our second our second child born on the thirtieth of March which we were excited about, but each of us handle things differently with our times with throughout the day. For me, you, you can, you can not have a full-time job and have a full-time job with toddlers and you still yes. have a full-time job because yes. they, they don't turn off. But so as what you said, being intentional is one of the most important things that you can do with your walk with God. Daniel prayed daily. I think he prayed twice a day. Uh, th- thrice, a, thrice a day, mm-hmm. and there was a routine. There has to be a routine in your life. If you don't have routine in your prayer life, in your study life, I can probably guarantee that you are going to fail more times than you succeed. And 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 maybe for some, there's an exception to the rule, uh, but the majority of people are going to fail more than they succeed if they don't have. A routine, a, an intentional routine, and let's let's look at it. Let's look at a uh, a parallel to that. That's the reason why when you go into a job, you have a job description. That's why when you go into the the, the, the shop to put together a vehicle, it's not just hey, kind of show up and uh, just fill in somewhere. No, because you will not be productive, mm-hmm. and that's why when you go to a job, there is a job description for you to fulfill your role at that job to make that job productive. And so we ask ourselves in the kingdom of product production. It's not just show up and see what happens. It is to have a in something intentional. Matter of fact, tomorrow uh, I'm going to put together a, a little bit of a devotional with a, a video or kind of a a visual aid of how how being intentional actually makes a tremendous amount of difference. And I'll, I'll put that online sometime tomorrow. But being, if we if we have a job description and a routine, it helps us to be productive. Yeah, that's why they do that at McDonald's. They don't just throw the burgers around any other way. It's done the same way. Uh, Every sometimes McDonald's, it tastes like it. Well, it's, <laughs> that may do that, you know. But having a routine is what makes helps to make things productive. So long as that routine is in the right focus and going in that right direction. Well, let me speak for the crowd that uh, is addicted to variety and hates routine. You're still right. Uh, i'd like every day to be different but i found that's the the revelation i've had through this is i need to bring routine into this i can't just leave it up to whenever it's it's the old analogy of putting big rocks in a jar and then some smaller gravel and saying is it full no i can still pour some sand in there is it full no i can pour water in 
and the concept isn't if I try harder, I can get more in my day, but it's if I don't put the big rocks in first, I'll never fit them in. So what are your big rocks? What do you yeah. get done every day without fail? Can I share some more things yes. right here? Well, because we, we ask him to do this. Uh, one person said uh, receiving, taking this time of God's grace and mercy, uh, making sure that uh, God is first, investing some time into my, into my family, my grandchildren, uh, endeavoring to put God first and keeping everything under that umbrella. Uh, one uh, minister said we're doing daily devotions with, uh, with uh, part of our youth. Uh, so that's great. They're they're reaching out, and so people are are you know you're starting to see what they're doing because it, as you said, it may differ from us. These who right. have he, these who are now homeschooling all of yeah. their children are understanding. Uh, wow, you know it's uh, where where's my eight hours at? You, Give me- you, you know, building <laughs> building consistency with God is kind of like building a fire. If you put too much substance in at one time, you're going to run out of substance. And a lot of people, what I've noticed is when they don't have a consistent walk with the Lord on a daily basis, they feel like they got to play the catch-up game, and they'll throw all their time. They, I got to get yeah. three hours of study today. I yeah. got to get three hours of prayer. And then when they don't reach it, they're discouraged. Yeah, and they realize, well, I can't keep up with that. <laughs> and, and so you th- you can't throw all your substance in on one day. You you to, to keep a fire going, you keep you put in the amount of substance that you have to give to, to build a consistency. And so some people, they don't put enough wood in the fire long enough. They'll wait a couple of hours. They'll wait a couple of days. It's just putting in what you have consistently. If you're going to give fifth, if you can give 15 minutes to God faithfully, undistracted, every day in prayer, do that. And if you get 30 minutes and build up on that, build mm-hmm. up on that. But we shouldn't just, we shouldn't, we don't have a certain size of graph that we go off of and say, well, pastor prays an hour, so I have to pray an hour today. It's not about the distance or length of time, and it's about the quality of time that we give to him. So if you can give a quality five, ten minutes, give that every single day. And, the and Bible, you'll notice that will grow progressively. And the Bible way, the, the, the most, the biggest, the best quality of that is putting God in the first and the foremost in our in our spirits, seeking yeah. first the kingdom. You know, seeking first the kingdom is 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 that priority of putting God is putting God at the top of our mm-hmm. priority list. Doesn't mean it's the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning, but that's my top priority, and I make sure that nothing takes nothing takes that that particular time. Well, I think that's an incredible comment to go ahead and wind down our podcast and our live recording today, brother Chris. Pastor, thank you so much for being on today. Again, we thank everyone that listened in live also to our live podcast. Again, we intend on doing this um, in the future. Brother Matt, thanks as always, my co-host, being here. Help me get off the hot seat. Love my goodness. Brother. We love all of our listeners. Thank you, guys. Go ahead, share, download. Go ahead and uh, leave, a, leave a comment if you're a podcast Apple listener. And uh, we appreciate all of our listeners. We love you, and God bless.